You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. from Boston. Now, I would love to touch upon what happened last show. You both were hilarious, by the way, but that's just going to have to take a back seat because Saturday night, your pal Jimmy, Petey, and the legendary DJ Lou finally all got to hang out together, and you know we went well into the night. It was just an old-fashioned good time, but let me just say this to the listeners. If you ever have a chance to hang with Petey after a show, do not try to share any stories that last longer than 15 seconds. The kid can't handle it. Here I am, I share a tale of some teenage shenanigans. I'm telling him how one time on our way out of a gym, my buddy snuck behind his giant muscle head while he was in the shower, and he slapped the kidney goddamn ass so hard that it echoed throughout the stall. Not only surprising this gorilla... Lou, Lou, shut this down, shut this down. I don't think we've ever done this in the history of the show, but I, Jimmy, we didn't want to hear this story about Tommy when we were drinking beers Saturday night, hanging out tailgating by Lou's car. What makes you think we want to hear it now to start the show? Take us to the part where he says, later, Lou, hit the music, let's get this puppy going. It's just a great goddamn story. Petey acted like I pulled out and started reading War and Peace. You boys are the shit, salt of the earth, your family, kid. Lay dream to the hardworking people. Lay drink to the lonely of birth. Raise your glass to the good and the evil. We're back. Take us away this time, bro. Let's get right into it. Uh, we uh, should do this show constantly without seeing each other. I mean, you were just trying to figure out something on Skype, and I saw your face there, and it got really awkward. I almost had to walk out of the room. I know. I was show- You couldn't hear me, and I was telling you I could hear you. So I said, let me go to video and just lip the words, I can hear you, which I did. But that, again, now my cover is blown. I don't like you to know. I don't like anyone to see where I am now. I'm home. I'm in my cocoon. <laughs> Last week was an unmitigated clusterfuck, man. I, I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was. Uh, comments from the podcast or the show were, were good. Uh, we made it sound like it was awful, but... Uh, this is the way it should be done, man. Yeah, this way we can just get into it, as we say, right? I mean, look, I had a great time face-to-face with you. And our show with DJ Lou and Shuli joining us, I, I kind of knew it was funny and fun, even though it was really uncomfortable. But we have a problem. Because then we went and we took oh. over Robert Cast's You Know What Dude podcast. And we took it over. And they aired us live in the moment. And it was, I, so, I, I'm not kidding, I would rather have Root Canal. Like if I had to get Root Canal to listen to us on that cast, I'd go, let's just do the Root Canal. It didn't even feel right. It, 
I felt like I didn't even know you. It, it, it felt like you ever play softball and you forgot your bat and a guy gives you his bat and you're like, what the, I, I got I to gotta swing this thing? It doesn't feel... It's, uh, <laughs> I'd rather not even play. I'd rather not even play without my own bat, man. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's good to be in the friendly confines of our uh, our own homes and uh, not seeing you and uh, sitting here having some by the way I'm I'm juicing again. Oh really? What do you got going now? Um prune? No, I'm on uh right now I'm starting the, the morning off with a little detox tea. De- oh, okay, it's a certain kind of tea that pulls the toxins out of your body. Is that the deal? Yeah, basically you're going to be shitting for the next 3 and a half days, but uh Lana and I started this on Tuesday, all leading up to our vacation uh, in Mexico. We decided Saturday we were going to go to Mexico. We got to get away, man. Yeah, Lou, give us a little uh, Van Halen when they were no good anymore. Cabo Wabo, baby. <laughs> That's where you're going, right? Yeah, we're going to Cabo for There's a place south of the border. Go there once. Be there twice. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, we're going to go and uh, relax, sip some margaritas on the beach, and uh, and uh, just re- refresh. You know, it was a long week in, in New York City, and uh, I was disappointed with the whole New York vibe, the people there. Uh, I love New York City, don't get me wrong, people, but the city needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be cleaned up. Hold on. We're, we're going too fast here. City, Cabo. Uh, first, I got to get back and just quickly say the reason I brought up Robert Kelly's cast is because they're going to put ours out. Even though it was live and it came and went, they're going to put it out. It's going to be there on a shelf like a bad book. No, 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 no. Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. You need to get your publicist to call over to Riotcast and shut that shit down. <laughs> Yeah, we shouldn't even be promoting that. Uh, it's not up on their um, on their platform yet, but it uh, shortly will be, and I don't think we should be even announcing that. All right, we got. Uh, all right, I'm glad it's not up yet. I'll get on that scene if I can keep that off. Secondly, we're gonna get into the city because I I have mixed emotions about it too. It's like a past lover, and you see him now, and you're like, well, you let yourself go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, Cabo. Is the stylist in play with the outfits to go to Cabo with, from bathing suit to casual wear? Is he now on the clock? I wish he was. However, we had to cancel the appointment with the stylist to go on the vacation, and he actually agreed with the cancellation because he's saying that right now everything's on sale and they're kind of switching over to fall. So uh, it'd be better if we did this sometime in July. So no, I'm going stylist free to Cabo. Uh, Lana and I are gonna go a little shopping on Friday, maybe get some uh, some summer poolside wear, and uh, we'll revisit the stylist when I come back in July. But no, the stylist is right. out. Can for I now. ask you? Can I ask you? Like this is so it's fascinating to me because he's basically telling you. There's a turnover right now in in uh, fashion. So there's right now we're waiting for the new line of fashion to come out. Yeah. So I know that these designers, the famous designers, design the clothes that determine the fashion. But then there are people that actually wear the stuff that are the ones that in the end are the ones that are setting the trend, the trendsetters. 
And my question is, who is it? Who Who is deciding what is in and what isn't? If I designed a pair of leg warmers, people would laugh at me and go, what is this, 1985? But if a famous designer did, they may go, the leg warmers are back. The leg warmers are back. (laughs) Who is deciding this? Do you know? Well, does a designer come out with something that thinks uh, it's trend setting and then one of these tastemakers starts wearing it and it becomes the end thing i mean i'm sure stylists come out with things and nobody wears right they yes kind i don't of fall by the wayside but i think it's kind of a dual prong here where the designer comes up with something and if jay-z starts wearing it everybody's got to have it well that's what i'm saying because i just read that the j crew came out with some sort of design that was a nightmare and they ended up having to fire like 175 people due to this 500 million dollar disaster now somebody designed that but then who is it like you said these people that have to wear it jay-z is one of them um beyonce um is kardashian is it huge to have kim kardashian in your shit i would assume so she's a, a huge tv celebrity and uh has a lot of clout in the fashion business i i would assume that if she puts something on these people in uh the midwest i mean i saw kim kardashian's got a place right down the street from where i live uh it's called dash yeah. It's her, uh, it's her like boutique uh, clothing shop. You got people coming out, taking pictures in front of it, tours stopping by. There's more people outside Dash than Disneyland right now. It's like they're taking yeah. pictures at a store for what? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so like I got T-shirts coming out with my guy Thad over there at Limited Fun designing my shit. Let's say hypothetically. I had two different t-shirts, and I got Kimmy, man, Kim Kardashian, to wear my t-shirts every day for five days. She's always out. When she's out, she's in my t-shirt. Pete Corielli is a... Do you think my career would change? Kim Kardashian starts wearing your t-shirts for five days in a row. Yeah. You could retire and not even do comedy ever again. <laughs> Damn, how do I get this broad in my shit? <laughs> you could live on the t-shirt money alone. Oh, my God, man. Well, what, uh, what's on the T-shirt? Do you guys have like a saying? What What, what is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it is a design. We had a contest on the newsletter and uh, a specific design won. But it's sort of like a vintage T-shirt. And you know when they say like a company or something like established in? He originally had like established in my birth date in the 70s. And I said, um, no, dude, let's make it when I started comedy. So it's like, it's like Corielli stand-up established 1995. Yeah, so there you have it. When are these available on the site? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to even discuss it anymore. I need to make a phone call to Kim and Kanye first and see if I can debut this right on them. Oh, God. To just have that appear on the Kardashian show yeah. would be fantastic. Why would you say that? Like, you put me in such an uncomfortable situation. Like, you know I'm not happy. Well, when I was at your show, and I'm walking out, and you got those nice tees in the in the lobby, aren't you embarrassed? Can you wear your own T-shirt on your, like, on your next uh, um, late-night performance? Like, I wonder if you could. Like, can I wear my T-shirt on a, a late-night show? Just walk out, bam. Yeah, you could, but it, I don't think it bodes well Uh for you to be wearing your own product, if it says your name on it, or a saying that you do, it looks kind of tacky. I mean, the t-shirt business alone, that we we have t-shirts outside for people. I mean, listen, 
Would you buy a t-shirt? I, you know what? I would buy. First of all, you know I wouldn't wear a t-shirt on the Tonight Show or any of those shows. But I'm just saying. Let's say you're doing a show where you know they're not going to have you back halfway through. You're like, you know what? I know your people aren't going to have me back anyway. F it, and you just open up your shirt, and bam, it says you know all your info. <laughs> but um, when I would go to a concert, dude, if if I love the band like Billy Joel, I'd love to get a concert tee. But see, what I always wanted to have made, but I don't have my schedule mapped out for a whole year. Is a concert T-shirt, so it would say my name, and on the back it has all the places I'm playing that year and the dates. Well, that's cool, but as an adult, as a 40-year-old man, you go to a Billy Joel concert, are you coming away with some, some merchandise? If there's not a long line and I'm passing the T-shirt stand, absolutely I'd get a... You know what? I would even wait online. As long as they weren't shit T-shirts and they like were kind of fitted and cool, I would... Definitely. I, I would love to have a new Billy Joel t-shirt. What are you saying to me? Of course I would. Oh, you okay. would, I, 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 you I'm would, just saying. You're, you're, you're you know, 40, I, I, 40 I, years old. Bang but... it out. Bang it out. I'm older than that. Listen, I was uh, going to say, if I sent you a vintage Michael Jackson Beat It Tour concert t-shirt, you're saying you wouldn't, like, go to the gym one day and you'll black Michael Jackson Beat It t-shirt and work out with a vintage concert tee? I'd wear it to a wedding. So then why are you giving me... <laughs> That's fucking funny, bro. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Don't sell yourself short, man. People want this stuff. It's cool. Hey, I was at Sebastian's show back in 2015, right before we started doing theaters, man. Boom. Got the t-shirt. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, just, I was just wondering where... Where you were at, at It just bothers thing. me that uh, I'm the one who's got to break the change. Like, the guy's asking me, oh, I love that one joke. When will you be back here? And I'm like, hold on. I'm reaching into my left-hand pocket trying <laughs> to find a 10. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, I, don't collect the money. That's where it becomes, you know, you're a comedian and then you become a cashier. Yeah, well, the guy who's helping me stepped away for a second. And, you know, so it's like all of a sudden I'm the middleman and you're like, you know. So, yeah, the city, man. What do we... It's just... Uh, I mean, you, listen, you used to live there. We had discussed this last week in regards to, you know, just... I don't know if there's more people, if it was the time of year, uh, the heat. But uh, it's uh, it's disgusting. It's uh, You got people walking on the streets. You got bicyclists. You got rickshaws you got horses i mean it, it looks like it's becoming a third world country over there well it's it's becoming even it's becoming not a third world country i feel like it's becoming dubai man <laughs> i've been to dubai it don't it don't look like that well du i'm just saying the wealth level not that it looks like that but it's all rich europeans just taking the place over man oh i don't know rich europeans i saw the other way man i saw it wasn't rich europeans it looked like the slums it was it, was, it wasn't good man yeah well wait, central wait. central park you got people attacking you with flyers do you want to do do you want to do you know, it's like all right man i'm going for a walk in the park all right Back off with the bicycles. Well, do you know, do you know uh, the new mayor there in New York City, De Blasio? Yeah, he stinks. Okay, dude, I have, Lou, I need major, major, serious news intro news music right now. I mean, not no Brian Williams shit. We're talking Katie Couric serious <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> 
This is the serious news. This ain't no Brian Williams shit, man. Here's your anchor, Pete Corielli. All right, Sebastian. I got inside information from a source I cannot reveal, but it's a solid source. And again, we have our own show here, so how much can I be held responsible? But this, to all of our <laughs> listeners, I'm telling you, my source is solid, okay? Hanging with my source last week, he was at a wedding, bachelor party, I'm sorry, he's at a bachelor party. One of the guys at the bachelor party is a corrections officer at Rikers Island, which you know, is right off of New York City. Uh, two, of, two of the guys hanging out, actually, corrections officers there. They're really tight and friends with a tons of uh, New York City police officers. And they were telling my buddy that de Blasio and his wife smoke a ton of weed. Okay? Yeah. Now, de Blasio moved in, this is common knowledge, to Gracie Mansion. Bloomberg didn't never bother to live in that. It's where the mayor's supposed to live, like the White House for New York City. But Bloomberg is so rich, he just stayed in his own townhouse in Manhattan. Yeah. So it was empty except for tours and stuff. Now, de Blasio moved in, and there's like a fence around it. I used to live near it, and it was fun. You go walk over there, and you could kind of peek over the fence and maybe see a little glimpse of the backyard. De Blasio had the fence raised by like several feet, so you can't see over it at all. The corrections officer was telling my buddy the reason he did that, because him and his wife are smoking weed back there, and they don't want anyone to see also see on the news, this is true, de Blasio is known to be massively late for all sorts of functions from, you know, the christening of a new bridge to whatever, you know? Yeah. Nothing, no, I'm not saying like an emergency, like a, a copying shot. I'm, so, I'm saying ceremonies and shit like that. He's constantly late. Parades, constantly late. Why? Because him and his wife smoke pot before they go and do these things. Specifically, my source said, his wife loves to smoke weed. And the corrections officer is friends with the three cops on the detail that take de Blasio and his wife wherever they go in the suburban town car. And every time she gets in to go to one of these functions, she lights up. And the cops have said, you know, you shouldn't smoke pot because we're going to get tested and it's going to be in our system. And de Blasio said, don't worry, I will always take care of you three guys. You're always under me. And the corrections officer said, that's the worst thing you can do is tell cops that they can do and get away with whatever they want, because that's exactly what they'll do. And this is what's going on. And they decriminalized weed, de Blasio did, and no more stop and frisk. And I used to live on 92nd Street. My buddy Larry, I was chatting with him the other day, and I go, uh, I haven't been up to my neighborhood. I wonder how that's looking. He goes, dude, you don't want to go in your neighborhood. They're, they're, all the crime is up in your neighborhood and it's starting to creep its way down because no one's being frisked. Everything's starting to get out of control. And there's people biking everywhere, as you said, rickshaws, people trying to sell you shit. They're dressed as, as, as costume characters and if you don't tip them, they beat you up. It, and, and mixed among that are billionaires just hovering over all this shit. It's crazy, dude. I, I, I mean, just right there, you have heard three and a half to four minutes of stuff you ain't gonna get on cnn no fox absolutely it's not. right here pete and sebastian show it's coming right at you the blasio is high off his ass and the wife is too and the entire city is suffering it's just suffering he just walks around stoned and all the media outlets are calling him big bird and he doesn't even care <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, it's it seems that way because you're right. I mean, I even forgot about the characters in um, what is that? Uh, Times Square. Times Square. It looks like uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Oh yeah. Chewba- Chewbacca's on 54th Street. I mean, come on, man. It's embarrassing. Cartoon characters in Manhattan? What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. I think you're seeing the fall of the United States right between our eyes. And uh, right before our eyes. And I, I, I don't think there's any... I don't think there's any hope, man. I don't... Yeah. Well, and then, and then you got this level of wealth that's going on in Manhattan, like with apartments being bought and, and, and like, you know, especially like a lot of Europeans are buying these places. And I got to tell you, man, I was walking around after I hung out with you. And this is like the quintessential rich guy I see in Manhattan now for people that live miles in this different world from Manhattan. There was a guy, it was, it was lunchtime, it was like one o'clock. He was about my age, maybe a little younger, maybe even in his late 30s. And he's, and he's wearing workout shorts with black Nike sneakers and a, and a T-shirt, but everything he's wearing is clean and very nice. And he and he's eating a burger for lunch, right? Like like I would or like you would when we you know younger when money was a situation, just you know single guy. The difference is, this is like a French restaurant, and his burger is like hundred and thirty-two dollars, and he's on Madison Avenue, and and it's Tuesday, and he's alone, and it's lunch, and he's chatting on his cell phone. Like I would do that at a diner. That's that's the European level. They they're getting hundred dollar hamburgers on Tuesdays for lunch, man. Every restaurant in Manhattan is packed till ten thirty. They're all gorgeous. These restaurants now, every one is more good looking than the rest. The decorations, the decor, it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean you could get a you could get a great meal at two o'clock in the morning in New York City. In, in a stunning decor, like yeah. not, not just a dumpy diner. No. Yeah. I, I I mean, listen, the food is fantastic and the restaurants are great. I'm just saying daily walk around the city. If you want to get to point A to point B from either taking a cab to the subway to, you know, I mean, like I said, Lana and I rented bikes last week. It, 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 it's too much, man. It's too much. I'm so glad I'm back home. Yeah, I'd rather be in my construction-filled house. I know. I mean, even me, when I left that city, I got back to home, and I was like, oh, my God, what a whirlwind. Either that or I'm like, I'm just out of city shape. But it seems a lot busier and a lot more crowded than it used to be. Yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad we're home. I had a great time in New York, don't get me wrong. The shows were great. Really enjoyed uh, seeing uh, <clears throat> a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, Lana was there with me, and... Uh, it was great, man. You came down. You did a set. I don't know why you're so worried about going to time, this and that. Hey, have fun. Well, I try to be respectful in the sense that they're obviously there to see you. And, um, you know, I just it's a, something I've always been respectful yeah, of. So I don't want to go over on time. You know? we're, fa- we're family. You, go, you do, do what you want to do. I appreciate it. I had fun. And, you know, speaking of hanging out, man, Saturday night. Second show. Guess who shows up to the where I'm playing in Jersey? I don't know if you heard the opening message. G- no. Jimmy from Boston. What? DJ Lou. And uh, DJ Lou brought his girlfriend. And Jimmy from Boston brought a buddy who listens to our show named Josh. What a great guy this guy was. But, uh, yeah, we old schooled it, man. We had a cooler of beers out in the parking lot at a Holiday Inn. Hanging out. What? You went in the parking lot to drink? 
Yeah, well, Jimmy from Boston doesn't know how to whisper, man. I don't know if it's a Boston thing, but this is like how he whispers. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, we're going to get in trouble. And DJ Lou can't go two seconds without blowing a butt. Uh, at one point, he's wearing, D wearing uh, Jimmy from Boston's hotel room. And DJ Lou's like, he, he literally goes, we're in the middle of a story and he wants to hear it. And he's like, let's go downstairs. And we're like, no, nah, man, we're telling a story and stuff. So he goes, all right, well, I'm, I'm smoking in the room. And Jimmy from Boston goes, yeah, go ahead. You can smoke in my room. I don't care. And I go, no, 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 no. Don't let him smoke in your room. You're going to get a ticket, man. I mean, I've gotten $200 and I don't even smoke. So don't do it. Don't do it. So then Lou starts going, just five, five puffs. Five puffs out the, out the window. I mean, he knows how many puffs he needs to get through the moment. Not one, not seven, five puffs. What? What are we back on Rikers in the first story? You wow. know. So we I'm, got I'm still I'm stunned that Bo uh, Jimmy from Boston came down, rented a room, and you're in the room. I, I yeah I know it was I was flattered that they came down. They were gonna make a weekend out of it. They were going to the Met game the next day, and uh, yeah. So we just went out and hung out outside by the car with the cooler beers so uh so Lou could just chain smoke and we could be as loud as we want it was a lot of fun man it was a lot of fun wow how is uh how is bananas how's the uh the owners over there they're nice people yeah they're great they get uh, big hellos to you and um yeah and that like when i first was trying to get the showtime special i sent the tape from there remember we joked oh, yeah. about it with the banana yeah. so so they kind of feel a, a part of it on some level so they were really excited but um I have to bring this up, and I kind of figure I know your answer, but it's amazing when you just play right outside of New York City. They call it, when you're in New York City, and sometimes the crowds are a little weird or strange or, I don't know, white trash, someone will go, oh boy, we got a real bridge and tunnel crowd. Yeah. <laughs> you know that expression? Yeah. Did I use it in Chicago as well? No. So, but it, it is interesting how there is this vibe just outside that's different, because... You know how when you're playing the club at Bananas, they got that bathroom downstairs in the lobby? Yeah. I don't know if right? So the show is uh, just about to start. Everyone's already inside. I got to go to the bathroom. As I'm walking in, not even a part of the show, this big, big man, fat, fat guy, walks in right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, he's probably going to go to the stall, uh, the urinal. I got to wait. But he goes straight to the stall. So I'm like, fine, right? So I go to the urinal. As I'm about to take a leak, he sits down and he lets one out like in incredibly loud and long a fart. Jesus. And then he goes, Oh yeah, it sounds so much better since I got it tuned up. What? <laughs> From what? He's pretending it's like an engine, his ass, it was a muffler. <laughs> Dude. Dude, my question is, do you acknowledge, make a noise and respond in any capacity? Well, does he know you're in there? We're the only two in there. He knows I'm in there. That's why he was saying it. It was so embarrassingly loud and long that to not say anything would be truly like ignoring the elephant fucking farting in the room. All right. If that was me and I had to do that and I knew somebody else was in the room, I would actually hold it, wait till that person left, and then do it. Yeah, but you, they were talking about a 380-pound <laughs> bowel movement going on. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could hold back that kind of force.
if I was if I was in there and he did that, I bet you I would not say anything. That was my move. I didn't say anything when he did it, and then there was about a three second pause before he went into his uh, "sounds better since I got it tuned up" comment, and I still said nothing, which I would imagine embarrassed it more. Uh, and then I left, but you just don't get that kind of behavior once you get through the tunnel, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What would you have said, though? <laughs> I mean, Shit, if I would have known what to said, maybe I would have said it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't have that. I mean, what do you say? I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm thinking there's a medical situation. Like literally, he needed to get whatever was in him out at that moment. Oh God! I, I mean, hearing that story, I'm, I'm angry that that it was so violent and loud, and that you didn't say anything because. If anybody, I would suspect you would say, hey, whoa, here? <laughs> well, no, no, come on. This is borderline. This would be like the equivalent of me, um, you know, having a problem with somebody wheeling past me in a wheelchair going, you know, like, slow it down, guy. Uh, it's like, this is something this person can't. I didn't think they could really help it seem medical. I mean, come here, guy was huge, man. But I'm telling you, the whole behavior in that hotel... Check this out. I'm in the elevator. I'm going up. I'm on the fifth floor. It's going up. It stops at four. A guy steps halfway in, and he looks at me, and he looks around the elevator, and he goes, is this going up or down? I go, up. And he he takes a pause, bro, and then he goes, if I get in with you, do you think it'll take me back down? What? Oh, my God. Like, I'm going to go, no, this one's going to the moon, I think. (laughs) What the this is a, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so he goes, well, I'll take, he does one of those, I'll take the ride. He does that, like, you know, like, I'm lucky enough, I would, like, he's going to take the ride with me. All right. Yeah. So, so he gets in, and then as the doors close, he goes, because it's 90 degrees, you know the heat we had. Oh, yeah. And he goes, um, have you been to the pool? And I go, no, I haven't been to the pool yet. And he goes, I'm wondering if it's nice. And I go, oh, well, I've seen it. I can see it from my room. And he goes, oh. Is it in ground? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He's asking me if the hotel pool is in ground. What white trash establishments are you staying at that have above ground? Like, I'm going to go, no, they built the deck around it. It's above ground, but when you're on the deck, you feel like it's in ground. <laughs> Again, man, I'm telling you, folks, when you're thinking about going into Manhattan for a trip and your husband is online and he turns to you and says, baby... We could stay in Jersey for so much, for $150 less per night, and then it would only cost us $2 each to take the subway in, and it's a 15-minute subway. Don't do it. Your vacation will start and end every time you cross the Hudson. Do you understand me? (laughs) So it's worth to go into the city and deal with the uh, rickshaws rather than the guy... Who's wondering if the pool's above ground. Yeah, listen, my entire family lives in Jersey. I, I got a real affinity for the people of Jersey. I'm talking about the tourist from the world, from America, that decides to save a buck and stay on the outskirts of Manhattan. Those people are weird, man. Those people, actually, that hotel is notorious for attracting a large contingency of 
uh, people from overseas, and they do exactly that. They stay at that hotel, and I don't know if you notice outside that hotel, they got a lot of buses. Yeah, yeah. So they bus them into the city, and then they bus them back to the hotel because it's like, whatever, $135 a night over there. That's the, bro, that makes sense because I sent you and JJ that photo where I turn around on the exercise bike and there's this big fat belly of a guy on the treadmill with nothing but shorts on, barefoot. And I, I said to that guy, Oh, God, we got to get into this. Yeah. Uh, first of all, can we post those photos online? Oh, absolutely, man. Okay. He was Russian. Guy was Russian. So Pete sends uh, JJ Watt and I a photo of him in the hotel uh, workout. It's not even a center. I'd call it a room. The workout room at the Holiday Inn. And there's a guy working out next to Pete shirtless. Yeah. Now, did the shirt come off during the workout? Or did you just walk in the guy was shirtless? I was, uh, I was in first. And I looked up. And I'm on the bicycle, and I see him come in with a shirt on, right? But he was barefoot, and it was hot, so I'm like, all right, maybe he's getting water for the pool. And I and I had my uh, headphones on. I always wear my hat down, and I'm biking away. Uh, and I sometimes even close my eyes, and I get some like 10 minutes in, and I kind of just stretch my neck, and I look up and pull my hat up. And I, so someone's on the bike on the uh, treadmill right next to me. Fine. I look over. It's him. Nothing on but shorts barefoot giant belly and with the level i'm on the bike is like level with his belly bro his belly's like two feet from my face jesus what are we doing man man i i saw that i almost i almost threw up in my mouth yeah and then he proceeds to work out his entire workout like that i had other photos of him benching with his sweaty back just let you know leaning up with his sweaty back there walking around barefoot and at one point a friend of his comes in and he says in, in solid English, but with that uh, Russian sort of, uh, he goes, I'll be done soon. Like, like I'll be done soon. Be done soon. So I knew he knew English. So I go, at one point I go, you know, you, you really should have shoes and a shirt on. And he goes, why you say? And I, and I point to the sign. I go, you should have shoes and uh, uh, there's rules. I go, rules. You should have shoes and shirt on. <laughs> and he looks at the rules and he goes, no say, no say shirt, no say clothes, and, and it doesn't say that. And then I kind of mumble as I walk away. I go, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't say you can't take a dump in here either. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and he just does one of these, ooh, ooh, that's what the Russians do, ooh, there's the grunt with the wave of the hand, ooh, you fucking guy. Where's Liam Neeson when you need that goddamn guy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that was so bad, man. Well, thank what, God that gig's over. But is that what they're doing in gyms in Russia? Can we Google that shit? Are they just working out half naked, swigging vodka? These uh, hold on, people. let's see. Russian workout apparel. Russian men are. I mean, seriously, seriously. If if you were uh, uh, into men, wouldn't you make a Russian man probably your last lover? <laughs> Like, out of all your choices, maybe I'd go with a nice Latino fella. Maybe, uh, I wouldn't go Irish. Maybe Italian, but I definitely, I think I would not go Russian. You don't don't even use deodorant, bro. Even at night, after we're done making love, the place will stink. (laughs) (laughs) I can't find anything on Russian uh, workout apparel for men. 
Oh, that's because they don't wear any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Speaking shit. of photos, man, I, I haven't responded to the barrage. Um, uh, the one with you and Lana oh, vacationing and yeah. uh, under the Eiffel Tower sipping wine. <laughs> and, then, and then the back and forth with JJ. That was just... I don't know. I, I don't know where to go with all that. <laughs> oh boy! Well, if there was any question whether he's got more in common with a fellow like you or a fellow like me, <laughs> it's a fellow like you. That's for sure. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, yeah. I guess we'll leave it at that on that one. I don't even know if we could get into that. Yeah, I know, man. Inside joke. Inside joke. Here's something I did want to get into. Um, I'm getting into, like, I guess you'd call it summer cleaning. I'm, my office looks terrible just because it's been basically our our living space for the last six months and I haven't had time to really clear off the desk and look through business cards and put away you know just just random things and uh, I start filing a few things in my file cabinet and I don't know if you remember me talking about that letter from uh, the manager I had remember Sebastian's here that guy yes I do I found that letter now, that, just refresh us on what the letter was about. You, Him leaving you, his reply when you were leaving him or something? Yeah, uh, what I had done, I think I worked with him for about six to eight months, and he was very aggressive in the way he handled people. He didn't really have any social or interpersonal skills, and I didn't really want that representing me on my behalf, whether I was with him or without him. I just didn't want that being my representation. Sure. So I told them, you know, it's just better that we part ways. Now, for those of you who are not in the industry, uh, there's a percentage that you pay uh, managers and agents, and that percentage is typically 10%. At this particular time, as I was reading the letter, it was 15%, which was not good. It's called a commish, commission. Commission, yeah. You know, if you make a $1,000 on a gig, they take $150. So that was our agreement, and then I had said, listen, I gave him a phone call, and we parted ways, and shortly after that phone call, on October 3rd, 2004, I received a letter from him, and it's a page, and I'm kind of going to skim through it, but the letter that I sent back is kind of really what I wanted, and I think you could use some of the words in this letter uh, to take care of any situation. That's how good the letter is. Would you like uh, Lou to maybe put some nice little letter reading music under this? For Let's you? do a letter reading music. I'll try to make this as interesting as possible. Uh, without... or it's gonna be, bro. No problems there. Okay. I, if it's getting too lengthy, just say, "Listen, speed it up." But I, I think I could skim it and give the give the audience a flavor of what the letter says. Okay, so here it is. Thank you for your letter. Oh, no, 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 no. This is my letter back. Okay, here it is. Dear oh, you guys Dear... became regular pen pals, huh? Oh, yeah. No, this is, le- <laughs> this is, this is like prior to like email. Yeah. I, I mean, email was there, but it was, really wasn't used. At least I wasn't using it, yeah, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, he's 70, so he probably didn't even know email existed at this point. This is 2004, September 30th. This is his letter to me. Based on your telephone call on September 20, advising me of your immediate attention to, and he puts this in quotes, self-manage your career, I prepared and enclosed an accounting of some of the monies I advanced toward the development of your comedy career. Furthermore, promotional expense of business meetings, luncheons, and dinners to promote your career with agents and entertainment industry executives are not included. I could have included these expenses, but I'm chalking them up along with the time, effort, goodwill extended on your behalf. He goes on to say, uh, based on him managing me, I got the HBO Comedy Festival, representation with William Morris, and overall entertainment industry awareness. And then at the end, he says he's entitled to $1,882.33. Does he say how he came to that exact figure? This is a this letter is attached with an accounting sheet accompanied by receipts from the HBO Comedy Festival. Oh. Again, HBO Comedy Festival well, used to be in Aspen. He charges me for the flight that he took out there, $904. Hey, it ain't free to have somebody yell, Sebastian's here! <laughs> that comes at a high price, man. So, I'm sorry, he charged me for the hotel. Then he charged me for uh, aspirin that he got for himself because he had a headache. <laughs> then I did a great show. He bought me dinner. And he goes, man, this is for you. You did a great show. I'm going to get you dinner. He charged me for that dinner. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's got stuff. Uh, what it's else like, is he? It's like he's taking the ring back. Yeah. <laughs> he's got everything from parking to a bakery where he had coffee. So he's got all these charges, right? Yeah. Equaling $1,888. So I respond with this. Which is really quite cheap, I mean, considering. I mean, I'm I mean, I wouldn't pay it. It's ridiculous, but... Uh... You know, the guy didn't get too many fancy schmancy Four Seasons breakfasts on, on your dime, huh? He's charging me for the entire HBO Comedy Festival trip. Come you, on. He, you can't go out there without representation. That's like, a, you know, Superman forgetting his cape. You need that. That's what he's saying. But no, no, this is like Judy charging you her trip to Chicago for your special. Yeah, I'd be like, listen, we'll Skype all the details back and forth. You don't need to be here if that's the case. Yeah. I can't afford it. Yeah, right? Shit. So anyway, all right. What, what this is on? my response. Thank you for your letter. I believe it serves the purpose of reflecting your obvious disappointment in the outcome of our relationship, which, by the way, I share. It does not, however, in any way reflect our agreement. Let me use this opportunity to set the record straight. Our oral agreement, which I intend to honor, was as follows. You would act as my professional manager in the entertainment business, for so as we each mutually agreed. In exchange, we agreed that during the period for as long as it happened to continue, and as we know now, was through September 20, 2004, you'd be entitled to 15% of the gross revenues I received, or to which I became vested, from jobs booked over $1,000. Right? That's the opening two paragraphs. At no time did we ever discuss that you would be entitled to receive any form of expenses on top of that commission. My understanding, it is not custom practice in the industry, and I could assume that it 
it has never been my experience in the past. Moreover, you never asked and I never approved of such expenditures. From my perspective, there are many examples where you engage in certain activities I specifically did not approve and certainly did not benefit from, and you have included itemized expenses which have nothing to do with me, and you have unilaterally attempted to charge me for them without any warning or justification. I view this as quite infuriating, and I have no intention of permitting it. Again, I'm sorry our relationship was not beneficial to either of us in the way we had imagined. I am disappointed as you are, probably more so. I'll certainly continue to forward you commissions from jobs listed below to which I believe you are entitled, but I sincerely suggest you do not contact me again about this matter. It's frivolous and it's unprofessional. Hey, man. I was so well written, dude. Who wrote yeah. that for you? I didn't Scotty's write. lawyer? I didn't write it. <laughs> Listen, I was going to say, you used to be smarter. <laughs> I, I mean, am, I, uh, there's no way I could have written that. It, this was uh, basically written by a great friend of mine who is a lawyer. His name is Brett Paul, who works for Warner Brother TV. And at the time, I had met him five years earlier in a stand-up comedy class that he took as uh, as just like a joke or a hobby. And we became great friends. And when this came across my desk, I had sent the letter to that I received from the management company to him, and he came back with that. And I just wanted to read that because it, it, it really just puts into words that I probably would never use how I was feeling at the time. No, I, dude, you, 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 you fumbled on some of the words. I was like, you couldn't have written this. This is like Mike Tyson reading his own book back. <laughs> <laughs> Unilaterally, I I didn't even know that word existed. Oh, you used moreover on like he didn't write this. No, He's using moreover. Moreover. No, how many more times so, moreover. Yeah, moreover. Yeah, moreover. How many times... You know, email or any letter that you have ever written, do you use those transitional phrases like moreover, therefore, uh, however? More so, more your- so. More moronic dum dums. Hee hee, I'm just joshing ya. Yeah, do you even use this? No. No, <laughs> no I mean, Bob, you know, because if I wanted to use unilaterally, Unilaterally, you can't even pronounce. It. I would, as I'm trying to say it, I'd be so mad. I'd just go, yeah, listen, fucking guy, you know, and it would just go right there. But <laughs> listen, yeah, no, you're I'm more try over and speak it. To that. You're more over is fucking guy. No, but I can do that. I'm like, let me make myself succinctly clear. We had an agreement that ended on the 20th of September. Did it not? Question mark. Don't answer. I already know the answer. It did, good sir. Our business is done. I bid you farewell. A fond adieu. Please do not contact me again, or you will be contacted again. Whoa! I'm really nuts. That's good, though, man. We got to get that up on the on the on the Facebook page, man, so people can pull words off of that when they need to use them. I'm telling you, man, just some of the words alone in here, frivolous, unprofessional, expenditures, vested. Talk slower. I think I'm aroused. I really got to start increasing my vocabulary, man. Yeah, vested, frivolous. These are words we know. We just don't use, though, man. Yeah, I just want to know, like, uh, is this letter 
something that uh, the majority of the general public could write? Where are we? Where are we? Do you think in terms of education and intelligence when it comes to like this letter? If this letter is written by a man who is a lawyer and had extensive education and is wheeling and dealing in Warner Brothers TV with a lot of legal paperwork and deals. If this is the top of the line, where the hell are we at? No, this isn't even top of the line. This is something this guy wrote just for shits and giggles, probably with a glass of wine late at night just because he knew he could do it so well. But um, honestly, I could write that, and I think you could write that. It's just that it would take us, uh, we'd use a thesaurus, a dictionary, and a lot more time. <laughs> but we, we could do it. Well, in an English class for about two years. No, we could do it. It's just you'd have to look some of the words up and get the synonym and go, all right, that one looks better than this one. This guy can just do it, you know, improv it, man. Just write it as it goes. Okay, so what I guess I'm asking is, do you think there's a lot of people that could do this on an improv level? Or is this something that uh, 1% of the people could do? Yeah, it's getting less and less, but probably about 1% of the people. I mean, a lot of books like uh, this uh, author, for example, Wally Lamb. People like this guy a lot. I like him too. Um, His stories are good, but it's the way he writes. You read a whole page, and it's like you just listen to a song or something. It's just like, wow, look at the words flow. and And the books are really long, so obviously he can't take that long to write each sentence or it'd take him years to write these books. So some people just know how to dan- yeah. dance with their yeah. words, bro. That's what I guess I'm, I'm, I'm getting at. This guy knows how to put words into a song, into a dance. It's so fluid. and uh, Just I read us I... a sentence. Read us a sentence right now. Just one in the middle. Listen to this. Uh, all right, let's say... More, moreover, you never ask, and I never approved of such expenditures. Damn. From my From my perspective, there are many examples where you engage in certain activities I specifically did not approve and certainly did not benefit. See, just, just hear that sentence alone. Many examples where you engaged in certain. Not engaged and certain are words I typically don't put in a sentence. Right. Me and either. specifically and certainly, yeah, so he, does, he does certainly twice there, but in two different forms, certain and certainly. It's just, it's like, like you said, it's like a, it's a beautiful orchestration of, of dance steps. Yeah, yeah, like there was another, what was the second half of that sentence? It was something you, a word you used, which is perfect. You never ask, and I never approved of such expenditures. Yeah, yeah, as such expenditures. This is what I would say. I'll tell you what I would say. Moreover, you never asked, and I never approved of the costs. Take a walk! <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, it's, it sounds like, you know, it, it, it costs, same things as the expenditures, but the expenditure sounds like you're going to prison if you charge me for these expenditures. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. It really flows. So, yeah, so... I'll put that back up on the site. I'm going to put your uh, Russian belly up there as you work out. Let me ask you something. Father's Day is around the corner. Do you get your father anything? Or are we we past that? Or what's going on? No, of course I do. Of course I do, man. I already got it to him. It's right, kind of funny. I, got a, I went online, got a bottle of red wine scent. But more importantly, I went to Nat Sherman's because my dad smokes cigars. 
and I got him a sample of like uh, five different cigars, a sample package. Not a, you know, instead of getting one thing of five, you just get five different ones. And I had him mailed out to him, and uh, it's great because he's got two other kids. And Matt Sherman's doesn't give you a spot when you send them out to put your name or who they're from or anything. So he texts to me, I just got a beautiful box of five Matt Sherman cigars. Are they from you? I turned to Jackie and I'm like, of course. Of all three kids, who does he text first to see who the cigars are from? Well, how do you know I went to you first? Didn't you think he did uh, all three? And the other two said no before me. No, look, we're going on a family vacation in uh, in late July, and my sister is already going like, mom and dad are paying for the whole place, so I f- she texts, I figure we'll all chip in and buy the food. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, is this, we have to have this conversation a month ahead of time, you're talking about 70, 80 bucks each for eggs and bacon, yeah, no problem, that's how, <laughs> and my sister's got bread, she's got the au pair and stuff, but she's got that mindset, bro, you know? Is, is the au pair coming on the family vacation? No, the au pair stays back. The au pair is still on the clock. So while they're away, they figure they're not going to be there. What can we do? I know. They'll have the, they make the au pair watch the dog. Now, the au pair contractually doesn't really have to watch the dog, but she's cool about it. And she watches the dog. Where are you guys going? Bethany Beach. It's, in, uh, it's on the coast in Delaware. And we got a big beach house, and we go, dude, by the way, my sister sends a text to me. And I haven't gone away with my family in years because I love them, but they, they, you know, my sister's corporate and does things a little differently than me. And for years, I didn't have kids, so I didn't want to be there early in the morning. It was a nightmare with all their kids. Yeah. But now I'm into it and stuff. And uh, she, so she texts the other day to me and my brother that um, she goes, I thought it would be cool, and I already checked with mom and dad, and they're into it. If we got a family portrait done on the beach, you know, the family photo, because we'll all be together. So we're going to hire a photographer and have a family portrait done on the beach. And, you know, and that's when she said the thing about, and we're going to split the money to pay for the food for mom and dad, right? So I'm reading this and I'm like, come on, man. We're going to be there for seven days. I can't pick a single time where I'm going to be in a house on the beach and I'm going to want to get into a, oh, because she says, and where? Tan khakis and bring white a white shirt and tan khakis. So I'm like, I gotta get into this shit and go and do this photo. And uh, have you ever done the family portrait with your family? Uh, are you kidding? Did you see where we went for the Christmas card? Oh, that's right. You did it with your extended family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I was in the swamp. That's right. You were knee deep in a swamp. It looked like a Vanity Fair cover with all the best yeah. actors that are done. Yeah. I'm sorry, man, but these things always look weird. Everybody looks uncomfortable. They look like uh, aliens. They don't look like themselves. Why do we do this shit? I'm sorry. I have one at home with my whole family. It looks terrible. We all look weird. Jackie has one at her house. It looks terrible. So so then I, I say back to my sister, listen, if it means a lot to you, I'll do it. But I, you know, I got a tripod and a good camera. Why can't we all just go down to the beach, put on the timer, and bang it out? So then I text my brother, and I'm like, dude, did you get this thing about the, the portrait? You know, uh, you need to get on Kelly and, and shut this shit down. So my brother texts me back, and he's like, yeah, dude. First of all, I got a tripod, too, and fuck that. We don't need to all go and get a portrait done. And second of all, he goes, I'm not even getting food. 
I'm going out every night. It's vacation. Who's cooking on vacation? So this, my sister's going to, I know the minute we all go out to dinner, she's going to be like, I thought we'd all cook. I mean, you're just going to. So it's it's very intense. It's going to be very intense. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of family tension here. Uh, one's going to do one thing. Another one's going to do another thing. See, this is the problem sometimes when you go on family vacation and everybody has their own family and they're adults. Like you said, your sister does one thing one way. You do another. Your brother's got his own idea. I'm sure your parents definitely have their own comfortable level. And And, yeah. and, and all this shit comes together over seven days. There's bound to be arguments going, oh. I ain't going to dinner. <laughs> even even the littlest things, bro, like my brother and his wife have a son basically the same age as Sadie. Their son is actually a little younger. They have three boys. And they already feed their boy like meat sticks, man, out of a jaw with like formaldehyde on them practically. <laughs> like little meat sticks. Like that's the kind of... Meanwhile... My kids, I, I, I got to scrub the fruit, spray it and scrub it before she has a lunch fruit. You know, like Jackie's like crazy about everything. I mean, even the, yeah, everything she drinks is organic milk and this and that. So at one point, we're going to be on the beach. And my, my niece, I mean, my uh, in-law, sister-in-law, who I adore, is going to pull out the meat sticks and go, would Sadie want a meat stick? Of course my daughter's going to want this nasty meat stick. And then I'm going to go, no, 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 she doesn't need the meat stick. She doesn't need the... And my mother's going to go, why can't you just have the meat stick? Why, why don't you give her a cigarette too while you're at it? Holy shit. Oh, that's fun. That's a good vacation. Can I get the lotion, please? Thank you. <laughs> give me the lotion and a meat stick. <laughs> we need to do this every year. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, by the way, uh, this Friday, I couldn't get out of this one. I have to do the right thing because I'm home. It's Father's Day, right? So my brother-in-law was going to go with his dad, Jackie's father. Every year they go camping for Father's Day. With the, with the, now with the son comes along too, his grandson. Well, it's supposed to rain from Saturday to Sunday. So my brother-in-law called up and he said, we thought instead of going away, it's going to be nice from Friday to Saturday. So we thought you guys would come over to our house, which is just, you know, not too far away, five minutes away, and bring a tent and we're all going to camp out on, on our side lawn and have a cookout and uh, that's it, bro. So I'm going to sleep on my brother's front side lawn Friday night in Whoa. 45 degree weather in my tent with my daughter who's not even going to remember this because she just turned two is this something that you want to do does that sound like I wanted to do it <laughs> well before I ripped into it I wanted to make sure that, that well, this is something that you're like can't, can't wait to do I'm in between shows on Netflix I'm not binging on anything right now so it's actually a good time but <laughs> Me and Jackie were hanging out last night, and we we're talking, and I go, listen, is it just going to be, because like we're setting up a tent, and we got a new one, a really big one with a separate room. My mother-in-law might actually even sleep in the tent. She's 71 years old. Holy shit. Now, my father-in-law is going to sleep in the other tent with my brother-in-law and his wife and their kid. And I said to my wife, Jackie, I mean, I said, is it just going to be us? Or, because sometimes my brother has like, brother-in-law has parties. I go, or is it going to be like... 50, 30 people hanging out and they're going to be drinking beer going, what's with the tent? And I'm like, no, yeah, when you guys leave, we're sleeping here. What the fuck? <laughs> I go, everybody there has to be sleeping there or else it's weird, man. Yeah. If, if people are just getting in their car and going five minutes home, 
And I'm laying out here like I'm homeless. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then in the morning, you know, I'm usually up now at 6 in the morning. So, like, I'm going to get up. My daughter doesn't get up till 8. So I'm, I'm going to be, like, sitting on the side of the road for two hours waiting for Sadie to wake up before I can go home five minutes are, away. Are you getting up early because of uh, Sadie? Or is this a new thing where you're just getting older and you can't sleep anymore? Now, I've always gotten up early, even in New York City. I'm an early riser. I used to get up real early and go hang, and, yeah, I get up early. Wow. So, I'm getting up early, too. I don't know what that is. Well, it is getting older, too, man. I mean, early used to be 7. Now it's like, shit, what am I, in the Army? I mean, sometimes <laughs> I roll over, and I'm literally halfway up, and I look at the clock. I'm like, oh, my God, it's 5. Go count. I got to go back and try and count sheep or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd say the last... Although in New York, I was sleeping like a bear. Line of night, 10 hours a night. Man. Hey, you're in the Oriental, baby. <laughs> By the way, we're never going back there again. Why, you went to the jazz thing in the park. It sucked, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's just for the amount of money that we were spending, it was it was uh, underwhelming. It wasn't... Uh, it really wasn't up to par. I'm going to go back to New York in August. I think I'm going to stay at a, in another hotel around that area, but probably for half the amount of money. But yeah. uh, we thought we'd treat ourselves, yeah. but it wasn't worth it. Yeah, wasn't. well, yeah, you know, I mean, you had to try it, right? I mean, damn. Had to try it. Had to try it out. Did you, um, did you eat at the restaurant there? Isn't that supposed to be world famous? Nah, we ate at, uh, everything was out. We we ate at Blue Ribbon a lot. I don't know if you've ever been there late night. It's a sushi joint. They got another restaurant that just has a, a variety of different types of food. Uh, they're actually opening one up here in uh, at the Grove in Los Angeles. So uh, we went there a lot. We went to Del Posto twice. We went to this place called Blue Ribbon, which is on that chef's table, which that documentary I recommended on Netflix. Yeah. And by the way, I recommended a documentary about fighting that... Uh, the, the one about the backyard fighting? Yes. And it's done by this guy, I forget his name, who also have, has done the Miami University um, ESPN the 30 for 30 film. He also did Cocaine Cowboys, I believe. I got a message on our uh, Facebook page about a guy recommending those as well. I've seen all those. I love those documentaries. Uh, yes, I think they're better than this one called Dogfight, but... Uh, I just want to know, let you know. I forgot the guy's name, but he, he's a really good documentary. Uh, Billy Corbin. Billy Corbin's his name. Go ahead. Oh, the guy from Smashing Pumpkins? The world is a vampire. Uh, no. Oh, no, he's a director. This is the Pete and Sebastian Show. Even my words, right? I got to watch what I say now. The kid's at that age. Like my wife and I were in Canada recently, and before we went out of the hotel, she goes, check the temperature, and I went online, right? And I go, oh, my God, they use Celsius here. It's gay. <laughs> and she goes, you got to stop using that word, Pete. It's offensive. I go, when I say something's gay, it has nothing to do with homosexuality. It's gay. Fucking gay. <laughs> gay. Why did they get that word? Why did they get that word? She's like, well, every time you use it, it sounds offensive. I go, well, I don't mean it that way. She's like, well, give me another example. I go, all right, the fact that you get offended when I use the word gay, it's fucking gay. I can't, I can't think of a better way to explain it. But again, 
again, right? I can't keep fighting the fight. I don't want to offend. I got the kid now. I'm like, I need a new word. I need a new word. I go online. I'm looking for a synonym for the word gay. You know what, you know what I come across? Bouncy. Bouncy. That's great, He grabs a bag right away. I notice there's a blue ribbon on the handle. So I look at right? And I go, well, do you tie a blue ribbon to the handle of your bag so you know it's your bag? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's a little bouncy. <laughs> he took the ribbon right off. I wanted to do a special thing for our show, possibly, down the line when your house is done, where we each give um, maybe like an audio tour of our homes as we walk through them. That video just describing, I don't know, but um, things are getting interesting around here because we have a room now upstairs that's got a nice wooden floor. It's a big room, and it was a guest room with a, with a big uh, bed in there. And we've never used it. No one ever stays there. They stay downstairs or they stay in another room. So Jackie's been doing yoga off to the side in like this little living room area. We turned this place. We got all the furniture out and turned it into a yoga studio. True. It's so cool, dude. I mean, I need to start doing yoga. My body is like cramping up on me, man. I just I need to get loose. So Jackie's amazing at yoga. She signed up online. I'll get the website for people. But it's like $10 a month, and you go on, and you can go and punch in these yoga classes, and you're actually, you know, on your computer, you're doing yoga in your home, but it's like real easy classes or harder classes, whatever you want, man. Get into your inner zen, people. Ooh, yeah. Tap into that, and I think it's a great idea to do this audio MTV style cribs, I think you're referring to, something to that nature. <laughs> yes, man, exactly. But, uh, I, I don't even think, and this is, I don't think audio would even, I can't even explain to you what the hell we're going to have here. I, I, I have to show. I, I do have video. Do video. I love to do video too. I didn't want to put you on the spot. Oh my God, it's going to be a huge anniversary show. Double video tours of the homes. Double video tours, yeah. Uh, we got to wait till this thing gets done, which could be 2020 the way it's looking. But uh, Lana and I have mended our, our wounds. Uh, a week and a half ago, it got really hairy. Did I tell you she hung up on me, but on FaceTime? Do you ever get hung up on FaceTime? No. Oh, man, that's a different thing. Uh, I've had, because usually what happens when Jackie does it is before they hang up, they do the look away. Ooh, yeah. To let you know this isn't an accident. No, you're right. When you're <laughs> seeing somebody hang up on you, what happened with me was she was... She got to her tipping point and she you know, started kind of yelling at me, but she threw the phone. She was on the bed. She kind of threw the phone on the bed. Oh, you mentioned that. This was the phone toss hang. Yeah. Did I mention this? Uh, and uh, well, Was this on the uh, Kelly? 
podcast. Yeah, yes, yes, on the live. Oh, cast. okay, that's because uh, yeah. That, well, no one's gonna listen. No, to that, no, bring so. it up, man. Bring it no, up. No, it's weird because the phone was. Now it's still on. She didn't hang up the FaceTime. So it's looking at the ceiling. It's like you took a virtual tumble with the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she threw me down the stairs. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> Fucking dizzy after that shit. You're yelling on oh. her, pick me up. Pick me up. Yeah, I'm sitting there staring at the thing, and I could hear her still in the room. So I'm like, come on, pick it up. You know, like I... <laughs> So she could hear it, but she ain't coming back to the phone. It's it's worse than getting hung up on because you're still on the phone and you could hear her walking around, but she ain't saying nothing. It's <laughs> oh, terrible. That's so funny. So you're trying to sweet talk her as she's pacing the room? Yeah, like, you know, I could kind of hear her crying. I go, come on, don't cry. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh god! Oh, that's a that's a scene. That is that's a scene. a scene and a half. So yeah, we're we're back on gear. We needed to get out of the house, and you know we've been having a ball, man. It's just the house is what it is. Still no work being done. We had another meeting. Not you know still still at a standstill here, but. Uh, yeah, we got some trips planned. We're going to Mexico. We're going to go visit her family up in North Carolina for the 4th of July. So uh, we're good, man. That's we're good. Nice. We're That's plowing nice. through this. I'm taking a camping myself on the 4th, man, in the woods, Allegheny National Forest. Wow, this is a big step uh, away from that party you normally go to where the Gronk is. Yeah, well, there's not going to be any more Gronk. And quite honestly, uh, the party, it's great, but... By the time they shoot the works, the kid would have to be asleep. It's we're gonna take it to the woods, man. Nice, take so, it to the woods. So you got a little vice, a little little vacation run going. Cabo Wabo is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, Cabo's gonna be great. We uh, four nights there. Saturday coming back Wednesday. So uh, definitely should have some stuff to talk about then. I also want to mention that I just signed up, and maybe you should too here on this uh, app called. Periscope, have you heard of it? Yes, man. Yes, the live. You do. You do stuff live. You do stuff live. I'm thinking maybe we do. Uh, well, we can't do it because this isn't live. But oh, maybe we can. We could do like a live podcast through Periscope. I'd love to, but how do we do a split screen? How would we do that? Do we just both go live and like you watch? Oh, yeah, I don't know if you could... Yeah, we'd have to be in the same room. But anyway, if those of you that don't know what Periscope is, it's a live streaming. So it's through Twitter. So it'd be like if I was in Mexico and I wanted to show the fans where I was staying at the pool, boom, you type in. And then they could type in questions like, hey, is, is the water cold? You know, and you could see the questions come up on the screen. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I would love to do that, man. I had asked the guy, Thad, about how we could possibly do it, both of us not being in the same room. And we're trying to figure something out. But, you know, maybe even we could pick a time where we're casting and you go live on Periscope and, you know, I'll be on the share screen and they could ask questions. But, the, you know, something like that. We'll fig- we got to figure something out. Yeah, so uh, for those of you that are um, social media savvy, 
Go to my website, SebastianLive.com. There'll be an icon up there, and you could uh, click it and uh, sign up for Periscope and follow me up on Periscope. I'm taking uh, three weeks off to just relax with my wife. I'll be back up on the road at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. And then we just put tickets up for sale uh, for Vancouver and Portland in September. So the pre-sale is up also on my website um, for those shows. The code word is embarrass, and you can get your tickets for Portland and Vancouver in September. What do you got coming up? Excellent, man. Uh, let's see. Omaha, funny bone in two weeks, and then after that, Tampa side split is, is coming up in Tampa, Florida. You go online, and you can see where else I'll be. Um, there's something. Oh yeah, anyone? I know some people was asking about the Tonight Show. Listen, I performed for the guy, and it's looking like we're gonna do it, but there's no set date or anything, and these things could turn. So when I do and have a date, I'll definitely let you know. And we just finished and uh, handed in the first cut from the Showtime special. I'm very excited, man. That came out really good, and I hope that comes out. By about November. And lastly, I just want to say, man, thanks with this cast, dude. It's growing, bro. It's growing. People oh, are out it's there. growing, yeah. People <laughs> are coming out to the shows that are really complimentary about what we're doing here. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's, yeah. Been, uh, it's been great. Well, uh, but one, I have one thing I got to ask you about in yeah. closing here. Uh, hanging out with DJ Lou. He has lovely girlfriend, Dana. Lovely girl. They've been together about two and a half years. They're moving in together. Lou has been living with his twin brother his entire adult life. And now him and his girl are moving in together in a few weeks. But here's the thing. As we're chatting and I was like singing Lou's praise and saying how funny he is and all the stuff he does. She doesn't listen to the show. The Why? Pete, she never listens to the Pete and Sebastian show. Is that acceptable? Ah. Uh... I, I I don't know. I got all my family listening. I got my father even listening, and he doesn't even know how to make a phone call on the damn uh, phone, let alone download podcast. He's listening. Oh. I, I I think it's unacceptable. Uh, not now. I'm nervous that your pop is listening in. But yeah, right. And I mean, even I said you're not even just fast forward to the to the shows within the shows. I don't know if you heard DJ Lou's show within a show last week. I loved it. He was on a bus. It was so funny. But oh anyway. yeah, I listened. I listened. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Lou, you got to get on that because, I mean, how are you going to believe in us, me, you, Jimmy from Boston, and, of course, Sebastian, if your own girl doesn't believe in you? Yeah, man. You got to get the girl involved. Absolutely, man. Well, the problem is she doesn't like comedy. She doesn't care for it. But she does enjoy Seinfeld, the TV show, and she did laugh her ass off at Pete. It's weird. God bless her. Anyway, bro, great hanging. Uh, I will catch you next week. You got it. Take care. The show has ended. What? You went in the parking lot to drink? <laughs>